Bizzle. We call the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle Cast, welcome to Bizzle Cast TV commentary, and I am going to be doing as many episodes of the first season or two of Vikings as I can before the final sixth. Uh, the sixth and final season, which is airing very soon on December 4th. I love the first two seasons. I really like the third season. And then four, I kind of fell off, but watched till the end and didn't watch a whole lot of five. However, I want to watch the final season because uh, the main characters that I know are still alive are still in play uh, very much so. But I really love season one and season two of Vikings. And this is an issue that I have, um, or it's the thing I have with a lot of shows. Uh, you know, Battlestar Galactica is one of my faves, but by season three, mid-season three, you could see it was starting to have problems with pacing and flow and creativity. The Office, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, as well. You know, Sarah Connor Chronicles, I love because it was only two seasons. It was canceled, and Firefly canceled after one. Love both of them. Stargate Universe as well. SGU two seasons, but even those shows, well, not Firefly, but the one, SGU and, and Sarah Connor. For, for sci-fi properties that I really love that only lasted two seasons or just genre properties you could even see the flaws by the end of season two and so maybe it was it was okay uh, but Vikings has really sustained itself and I, I've always thought Vikings is the it's not the thinking man's alternative to Game of Thrones. It's hard to argue it's more intellectual than Game of Thrones, but I, I think it rings truer. There's a lot of horrible people who do a lot of horrible thing in, in, things in the medieval Vikings time and medieval Vikings places and England and France and so forth, uh, but it's whether it's historical or not, it's just a lot more believable. I think the first two seasons are brilliant, just like I think Homeland season one and two are brilliant for totally different reasons that are somewhat connected but somewhat totally you know unrelated Battlestar is really a, a ride from the you know mid season one to the beginning of season three essentially um, and so that you know that works for me great and then the office wants the Pam Jim, you know, the love sto- uh, tension story stops being a story. You know, the, the show becomes uh, becomes less interesting. Um, it's mostly overexposure for me. Game of Thrones two, I dropped off in season three. Um, I still ended up watching a whole bunch of it, and uh, it's why I get yeah, I have trouble committing to television shows. But I have watched four full seasons of Vikings and some of season five, and I'm definitely watching season six. I'm gonna watch the two hour opener, baby. Yeah. With my dad um, at home, uh, at his place uh, out in the suburbs, on this huge system, uh, it should be great. So here we go: Vikings season one, episode one, rites of passage. Um, I did season three a while ago and never released it. Uh, I'm really concentrated on the first season and maybe half of season two uh, before the December fourth release. So uh, that will be the longest intro. Um, of any of them, uh, just because I'm getting started, uh, and I'm controlling myself so I get into the countdown, so cube your DVDs, Blu-rays, digital files to zero, zero, zero. I'm going to count from three to two to one, and you're going to hit play when I say go, and we're going to be lined up great, get some subtitles, maybe ambient sound, or a lot of sound, or no sound, depending on how you do this thing, so I'm very interested. I've not done a rewatch of this series in a while. It's all on Prime, and, you know, a lot of people 
that I just meet, you know, randomly, who I normally would not think would be into such things, are definitely into Vikings. So, you know, we got Baby Bjorn and everyone, you know, Lagertha and, and Ragnar together. Okay, stop this, we'll stop. We'll save it for the podcast. So, here comes the countdown. Season 1, Episode 1, Rites of Passage, Vikings, and 3, 2, 1, and go hit play. Eastern Baltic, 793 AD. So, of course, we see him and, you know, we see him and his brother. You're not as sure as his brother fighting together. Oh, lightning hitting the tree in the first shot. Uh, there's just something about uh, Clive. What's his name? Oh, there's Ragnar. Lead character. Look at those blue eyes. Amazing. Everyone's dying on the battlefield. This is sort of how I think The Witcher's going to start. But it, it's it's going to involve monsters, but humans are the real monsters. Here's the fighting. It's brutal. Straight out of the Witcher. Boom. Slow motion. Vikings in the early seasons. The slow motion so well with the fighting. Oh, man. Just stabbed him on the History Channel. And it's like Battlestar and sci-fi. Oh, Ragnar. Yeah. Roll out. Oh. Rollo is just a, a giant brawler, barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. Ragnar's a mix of warrior and rogue. Ragnar is straight barbarian. Boom. Boom. Slashed him in the throat. Down. Ragnar. The headbutt. Oh, slashed him. Oh, man. It's so glorious. This is the thing. You think this is going to happen in Game of Thrones all the time? Oh, they're going to kill the guy running away? Oh, man. Oh. That sums it up, guys. That sums it up. They're fighting for their lives, and they kill the guy that's running away. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. You always think brothers are going to betray each other in these epic shows. <laughs> you know, Game of Thrones and, and you know other epics kind of prepared us for that. Thank you, brother. And Norse. So this is it, Ragnar. Ragnar wrote Lothbrok. The whole series is based around Travis Fimmel. And if you haven't watched through season four, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's not hidden at this point going to season six that Travis Fimmel is not on the show and has not been in a while. So I leave it up to you. Crow eating from the belly. Look how desolate it is. It's sort of green like Ireland, but they just take the color out of it, and it just looks foggy and desolate. There's the Watcher, or whatever he's called. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, the, the Prophet characters are always super, super tight. Super tight, man. And the Crow. Just like in Lord of... Uh, I'm sorry, just like in Game of Thrones, but it's just done more effectively here, because you never really... In Game of Thrones, you sense it's leading towards a prophecy about Bran, the three-eyed crow. Here, you're never really sure what's going on. There we go. Do we get the amazing beginning? Along with Jessica Jones, Vikings... Oh, we get spirits of death lifting them away oh, this is like straight from lord of the rings oh man i totally forgot this there's the angels of death of scandinavia lifting them away and he's smiling oh man rollo can't see it of course it's just a dream for ragnar yeah he's got visions he's got visions he's got a crazy look in his eyes travis fimmel and that's why he's great Almost single-handedly saved Warcraft and made it awesome, riding on his griffin, being Lord Lothar. Oh, man. Here we go. 
give me more, give me more. I mean, this is the best. This is just people drowning in blood in the water in the boats above with this song. Give me more, give me more. Yeah, Clive Standen, excuse me, as Rollo, his brother. Jessalyn Gilsig, ooh, she will be important. Siggy. Gilsig, Siggy. Gustav Skarsgård, yep. This band who I'm blanking on right now is spectacular, and this whole album is good. Gabriel Byrne, yeah, had to have a famous, you know, theater Shakespearean guy in the first season to sell, uh, you know, the the evil duke or whatever, Earl. Boom. All right. I'm watching this on my Mac. It's a small screen, but it's extremely high. Oh, this is this is it. This is it. Oh, this is the whole series right here, and. This scene and the next scene. There's the daughter. Sorry, guys, not one to live after the season. Oh, Legatha. I mean, they build Legatha being a, you know, a Viking, legendary, mythic, you know, Wonder Woman-esque warrior. Very, it's quickly considering, but it sold so well. Here's little Bjorn, here's young Bjorn, and this is part of why season two is so distinct from one, is little Bjorn is so great, this kid, is so, so great, how much he wants to be awesome and a fighter for his dad. His dad's smiling, his dad's so great with the kids, he kisses them, he hugs them, but he has problems with women, and he should remain loyal to this amazing woman. Lagatha, here we go. Here we go. Oh, man. What are you doing? The thing tomorrow. Yeah, this is the, the man uh, thing. Sorry. <laughs> Um, the, the pheromones and charisma intention between Legatha and 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 uh, Ragnar just fly off the screen. Don't sleep with lots of women. She's right to be okay. So they just had sex. She's so gorgeous. Oh my god. I mean. You know, I, I'm always a fan of when, whether it's intentional or not, they telegraph betrayals early on. It's kind of, you could tell the brother's going to be betrayal, and you kind of think he's going to fuck this up based on this early. After he threw a spear at a, it, you know, guy that was running away, that was just innocent as he is, as innocent as he is. Catherine Winnick, martial arts specialist, look at that face. She is stunning. She is up there with Scarlett Johansson and a number of major television and film actresses that just can fight like a motherfucker and is absolutely stunning and gorgeous doing it. Right, so here we see that they're just farmers and they have to travel, you know, quite a long way to get to the central, uh, you know, earldom. Turn the volume up. Yeah, Baltic lens. 
Yeah, so Ragnar, uh, this is the one conceit of the entire show, is you have to accept that Ragnar's already thinking about the West. He says he's heard a traveler talk about it, but it's not until Floki and some other people... Oh, here it is. Odin gave his eye to acquire knowledge. Look at those blue eyes. Uh, oh my god, Travis Fimmel. But I would give far more. Yeah. And he does. He gives it. He gives it up. All right. So they set up immediately. We're not even eight minutes in. We already have the family dynamic, and we're back home with Lagatha and the daughter, and she's trying to be the wife, but she's destined for so much more, and Ragnar is already dissatisfied with the Earl before they even get there. Look at that braid. Oh, my God. Also, Elena Huffman. She hasn't been in a ton. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This is it. This is it. You thought we knew Lagatha was going to be badass. It was like she's a martial arts expert. We thought they were going to wait a couple episodes and be subtle. And they immediately have thieves and rapists come after her. Look at the way they're shaking around the camera. The lighting is supernatural. You can see the freckles on her face. You, otherwise, you must go. We will eat and green after we satisfied other needs. Uh, look at them. I mean, these are... <laughs> Mustache swirling Vikings bad guys. Uh, look at her. Yeah. And she grabs the sword and the fire. You couldn't kill me. You've tried for a hundred years. Here we go. She's going to murder these guys. It's, it's so convincing. Burns them on the face. Hits them in the balls. Boom. Boom. And throws him against the wall, hooks him in the throat, throws him down. Yeah, dude, they're lucky they didn't both get straight up murdered. And she's still disturbed by it. this. It's a thing. This is the thing: is women watch Game of Thrones because it was Game of Thrones, but it treats its women so horrible, even with Lena Headey and you know, and Emilia Clark. But this, you can really get behind Lagatha and her in her you know female army of warriors. But we're not there yet. Look at him grab him by the throat, pull it towards him with love, and the kid's totally relaxed. Travis Fimmel and Catherine Winnick as mom and dad, despite their problems, immediately relax these kids. He's so relaxed, that kid. This kid is way better than Anakin Skywalker or fucking John Connor. No, not even American. Become a man. And Travis, sorry, Ragnar, Daddy Ragnar, he's bringing them to the thing in the Earldom in the major village or town or whatever, but he's really questioning the manhood of his son face-to-face during the journey and seeing how he responds to what goes on in the town. Say I wasn't there. I mean, this is what makes you think that this guy who wrote, I think, The Tudors, and then came to this, and wrote all this, Michael's, I can't remember his name, you think maybe they don't plan so many seasons in advance, but what he's saying to Bjorn right now really applies in season three, four, and five, and going into six, from what I can tell. Michael Hurst, excuse me. Yep. He always thinks Bjorn is weak, but it's because Bjorn is idealistic. Bjorn is Captain America. It, it, and Travis Vibble, as we saw, spearing the guy who was running away and fleeing in fear, you know, and murdered him. Ragnar is not that guy. He's 
He's part Loki, he's part Thor, the arrogance and uh, imperial, you know, sort of cosmic imperialism of Thor. Okay, so Bizzle, why doesn't the dark filter bother me here like it does in Game of Thrones? Because this looks like Scandinavia. I thought this is what it looked like. I'd seen pictures, and then I visited it, and it was beautiful because we went in the summer... And it was absolutely gorgeous, but you could tell in most of the year it looked like this. And certainly very few people would be living well above poverty in such a cold, desolate land. They maybe had bronze, no real iron or materials to speak of, and that's what drove their imperialism. Their entire culture and religion was developed, you know, in, in hindsight, it's not that it's meaningless, but it was clearly developed. Oh, here's Rollo. Rollo always loves Bjorn, even when he betrays them. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but, you you know, they sell it great in this. Ooh, he's already saying Rollo. He's a little skeptical of the brother. He's looking at the brother a little weird. You know, they've seen the scripts for what happens down the road, so they must be thinking about it. Bjorn certainly loves him. Up oh, here's Bjorn getting drunk. <laughs> But if you know your history at all about Scandinavia, the, the, the you know sort of murderous barbarian Vikings, it was just driven because they had no natural resources. Uh, they were smart enough and societally uh, um, united enough, uh, or, or at least advanced enough, where they had more people than resources, and that's the sign of a developing civilization, and they had no way in that in that world, other than, you know, bronze weapons and barbarism to conquer other places for farmland. And that's Ragnar's big plan. He wants to go west. He's talking about the story here with his brother. Look at the way they filmed this. They really got away from, after the first season from the sort of naturalistic filming. And I always say this about every series, though. You know, Battlestar... Um, I mean, Firefly never stops doing something. I've seen something that will change everything. What? Oh, does he sham? It's a compass. It's not exactly a compass. A while back I met someone, a wanderer, right, which isn't the seer or the seeker to go west. And so uh, they sell this story so great. What's great about The Witcher is this myth type of mythos in The Witcher, they could sell it like this where they're telling about stories from the past, but they could actually show the past because he goes back and writes, you know, prequels and earlier stories. Hundred, um, uh, Sapkowski does with The Witcher. Um, but they sell it here with a story and this brotherly tension, love, weirdness. Yeah. This is a, this is essentially a, a, a compass. You, you put a magnet in water. It, it's perfectly balanced, and it'll go towards. Oh uh, no! This is a sundial. Yeah, this is a clock, ish. Mm-hmm. Right. When did I just tell you to listen? Rolla is trying to put together. Day before sailing, mark a circle around the pointer. Shortest at noon. Next day, say, place the board back in the water around noon. Watch the shadow. If it touches the circle, sorry, of course it remains true. All right. Yeah, it's just it's actually using the sun to navigate, and not the stars, which is insane. 
Totally insane. But they got so far. They got to North America, Newfoundland, or maybe beyond. Yeah, they're using the position of the sun in the sky, which is mostly smart. Uh, and long, of course, will be true. Long voyages that could be problematic. With, with the, uh, oop, he puts out the candle. <laughs> what if there is no sun? Exactly. Hey, Rollo's right about that. Rollo's right. Rollo's right. Does he have another tool? Oh, he's got something else. Oh, uh, he's got a crystal, a sun refractor. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is historical at all. Someone like, I, Ragnar Lothbrok is definitely a historical figure, as is Rollo. Uh, the, no, the timeline, but see, yeah, they could use it to magnify the smallest amount of light. And go west. Yep, the Earl's not gonna like this. So, the wife of the Earl, Siggy, is a beautiful, you know, uh, pre-middle-aged lady, ends up being way more important than you think, uh, where she's just kind of the wife-slave of the Earl. So, this is, you know, a much more convincing version of the occasional masses of peasants we see in Lord of the Rings, but that's important because that's what about. Here's Gabriel Byrne with long hair. I mean, it's probably a wig, that big gray mane, but it certainly looks real. I don't know how they do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. They even put. <laughs> He's already bored. Yeah, and, and everyone's communicating with their eyes. They're scared of him, and they know he's bored, and he's got to make some irrational decision. Up oh, there, Siggy, with tons of eyeliner, and that gets toned down when she loses her station. What What's crazy is, I think what's coming up is they all kiss her on the lips, which is such a bizarre tradition. It's kind of hot. I mean, if I was a 12-year-old, I get to kiss her. I'm trying not to get... Yeah. Oh, here's the accused. Got the beard and the shaved head, so immediately you think he's suspicious. This guy, you're right, this guy almost looks like George Costanza. He's, he's just... Look how uninterested and annoyed Gabriel Burns' Earl character is. Here's the present presentation of evidence for his guilt. The Witcher has to, Carol has to deal with these issues all the time, but he's annoyed by humans. That's the great side effect of The Witcher. Is he's supposed to be a monster hunter, but he generally defends monsters and elves and dwarves and halflings and changelings and, and, and dryads and so forth. Unless they're truly guilty and dangerous. Killing cannot be atoned for. Look at him slouch. The first time I watched this, I was like, okay, the got Gabriel Byrne, but look at his performance. He's just murdering it. These actors, I just... He's already made up his mind looking at this guy, hearing a tiny amount of details. Enough. Hmm. 
so it's a semi-democracy, but they're kind of bullied socially and politically by their leader. That's really interesting. I must be unanimous. Uh, you're right. Ragnar's not going to pick this fight because he knows he's got a fight about to pick. Bjorn is the one. He's not putting his hand up. Uh, Gabriel Byrne is Irish, of course, but they can, of course, do it. Amazing. English accents. How do you wish to die? Beheading. Not a blood eagle. We'll get there. Your wish is granted. He's like, okay, can I go back, have sex with my wife, and go to sleep? Summer raids, same old thing. You see the apathy and lack of desire and ambition, and they're going to actually show it to us. They, they pelt him with shit before he even gets his head cut off. I mean, that's the thing. They immediately make you love the characters when there's individual sweet character family moments, but as masses with armies are in such mobs like this, they're they're horrifying. And they set it up from the first episode. Look at Bjorn. Bjorn's disturbed by this. This is what's great. Is the character of Bjorn from Baby Bjorn here to, you know, late teens Bjorn in the rest of the seasons? is totally smooth they completely set up his captain america ness you know for because his dad's telling him to go along and he's still horrified by this even though he worships his dad and wants to make him happy they keep shooting him up on bjorn yeah they definitely knew season two or three uh, you know they were gonna make a time jump and have that character be you know thematically and characteristically reminiscent and consistent with this here it comes I think he he makes us unwatch. Yeah, this I agree with in a weird way. If you live in this society and you're trying to make a change, and Bjorn seeing this, it's totally traumatic. He never loves violence. He'll get he'll he'll, he'll you know he'll uh, uh there's the head. <laughs> Feed him to your pigs. Ooh, that's an insult. And I curse him. That goes against the tradition. Never enter Valhalla. That was not what they agreed upon. Mm, not feast with the gods. Yeah, we have to really hate the Earl. Yeah. You have to make Ragnar's case make sense, not just in terms of the voyage, but in terms of the moral and political corruption of the Earl. Mm-hmm. You hear that, boy? This is how things are done around here. Mm. Mm. There it is, Bjorn's on the Ragnar. He, he's never really present at these events because he's gonna care. But he's he's as much present here as anywhere. You had to briefly think he wasn't a horrible guy. This is way less threatening and sort of sexually violating than the Denethor kiss my ring thing in, in Lord of the Rings. This guy isn't truly um, a sadist. He's just a, a apathetic ruler who, who's had to do these too many winters with no changes and no real progress. 
For a guy with a Jewish nose, he's very chiseled and good-looking, is Gabriel Byrne. Look at him. Oh, Siggy. Man. Jessica Sinek. She is... She's she's a gorgeous lady. I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of her. Yeah, she kisses them all on the lips. I can't believe they got her to do this. She's so great. She is so... Yeah, she she's liking it. And they're, I mean, it's its kind of, uh, Jess, sorry, Je- Jessalyn Gilsig. She was probably 40 when they filmed this. We all went to feast. Here it comes. Here comes the rating. Uh-oh. Here it comes. Now he's, Ragnar is immediately in his crosshairs. We've right now. Right, the Lothbrooks are immediately in his crosshairs for this first episode for the rest of the season. Yeah, east into Russia. Uh-oh, here comes the challenge. I mean, theoretically, in these town hall meetings, as primitive as it is, they should have a right to speak their minds without being murdered, but th- that's not how, how the Earl operates. Earl Byrne. Earl Haraldson, excuse me. This is such an understated and not over-the-top mini Shakespearean type performance. Game of Thrones always goes over the top. You know where this conversation is going. A diluted fantasy. So the question is, here, here, I mean... You know, you have to buy that that the Earl is a tragic figure because if Ragnar is offering freely this information to serve him, if the Earl said, yes, let us try this thing, let me listen to you, and we're going to be rich upon imagining, he would be right. And in fact, Ragnar is a terrible, terrible war and political leader, as we will see in season two, but especially season three and four. He's a bad leader. If this Earl was just not so apathetic and, and gone... He would know, he would realize that he should listen to this guy for his own self-interest. Oh, here we go. Another thug. Oh, maybe not. Uh-oh. Private. Look at the scars on that guy's face. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, the Warcraft movie with the special effects it, and Travis Fimmel is worth it for itself. It's totally worth it. Right, you always, this is exactly the Denethor eating thing while he sends his son out to die. You you know, the ultimate sign of disrespect is you call someone in, everyone's standing, you're sitting, leaning over, stuffing your face with food. He does tell him to sit down, which is, you know, a nice gesture. He offers him some food. Yes, Lord. Oh, he pulls it back. Oh, no. Uh, that's some great acting right there. You want a feast in my hall? Sailing my ships? All right. Anything else you want from me? He says, you keep talking about the West like he's brought it up before. We, we have to assume a lot of backstory here. It's true. I mean, he's not wrong to ask. They know about Eastern Scandinavia and Russia and the, and the Balt- Baltic. I don't care what you believe. You insulted me out there. Which is not what happened whatsoever. He was freely offering his services. Yeah, he's deluded. He's totally deluded. His wife realizes it. She has to lose her station. Who told you you could go? Says Sven Costanza. 
It looks like Jesus looks in there. Uh, you're just a pathetic farmer. Gabriel Byrne has to sell his motivations and attitude completely through performance. I mean, Ragnar at least has stories and, and sort of a crazy luck and curiosity that informs why he's doing what he's doing. But, uh, but you know, Gabriel Byrne is just old and starting to get senile, I think. And uh, he's got just enough hold on power and people with guns or spears to, to, to do what he wants. That's all you need in a society like this. I don't trust him. And they send a spy on the mission and the whole thing. Now look at that shot with the tree and the moon and the green black background. The fires, the torches. Where are my sons? What? All his sons are dead? This got to be a dream. Yeah. Uh, is Sinky never able to have children? And that's part of the problem. I thought, yes. She's awake. God, is she gorgeous. Well, who does she remind me of? She always reminds me of someone. Hmm. He's a lucky, lucky man. <laughs> she looks like Anne Wheaton, Will Wheaton's wife. God bless the Wheatons. I love natural looking women. It's why I always say Rosario Dawson. I mean, everyone agrees that Rosario Dawson's gorgeous, but I think Rosario Dawson's like the epitome of the ultimate natural beauty I've never seen the like of. These women, you can put on any amount of dirt and dust and makeup uh here's the seer i knew it was the seer yes so at this point the seer is in the capital and here comes bjorn and ragnar oh, so, oh this is so key this is so key and this guy is way more interesting than versions of this in game of thrones and other shows my opinion i want to know what the gods have in store says ragnar This makeup's amazing. And very reminiscent of the guy that looked exactly like this with the armor. It was evil. And the Return of the King, they, the messenger, they cut out. So stupid. Right? They can withdraw their goodwill at any time. So I was thrilled to see them realize it here in such a extended, complex, interesting, creepy, cool way. Must convince the guys to alter the runes. I'm, of course, playing God of War. Work in your favor. Lots of men. All right. His message becomes way less cliched religion after these early ones, but he's got to start teaching Ragnar the basics. Right? He says, take it into my own hands. Hmm. And it was really gutsy for them not to immediately sail. Do we even meet Floki in this first episode? I can't believe we've met Floki. Ask the gods yourself. This guy's the, the dark, twisted, Scandinavian, medieval, pre-medieval version of Socrates. This is exactly how Socrates operates. Goes immediately after the questions you're not asking, but you're thinking about, and your deepest fears and concerns. That's how Socrates operates. And then they say they don't know anything. 
They lick, I think they lick his hand, right? That's the thing. What's the symbolizing? And this is definitely a mirror of, uh, Jessalyn Gilsig as Siggy, uh, you know, kissing all the boys. I mean, it's a thing. There's a scene where they capture Athelstan, the priest, an amazing part of the season and series, and they invite him, Lagatha and 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 uh, Ragnar invite him into bed. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. You didn't need to sail on the ships in the first episode, but you needed the meeting with Floki, and Floki's the best. And you knew that he was eventually going to die. He's going to be sad. And they gave him a woman and people he loved. And they died. Here he is. Coming in like the Joker. And there he is. And they never met before. And this is so interesting. Be- well, thank you, sir. This is exactly how Bjorn talks in older Bjorn in later seasons. He looks at him. Ah. Uh, you have your father's eyes. This is this is the whole series. Unfortunately. Uh-huh. I mean, he'll be like you. Mm, he wanted to do better than you. And you will hate him for it. That doesn't actually come true of all the problems. How can you tell that? It's the same with trees. Sorry. And here's the sh- Floki the shipbuilder. But the problem with Floki the shipbuilder is his insane genius and brilliance is also coming from a form of mental illness uh, uh, or, you know, just societal illness, which is why he's been in hiding. Now, as he becomes a shipbuilder, he's pulled out of hiding. He gets a wonderful woman. They try and adopt him into normal society. He's kind of looking like Derek Zoolander here in the... The eye stuff. Um, you know? And so they've never seen Floki for nine years, and now all of a sudden he comes inside. But, and that's what drives him crazy. And then he gets involved in wars, and he tries to become a war leader, and it goes to shit, and he gets people killed, and him and Ragnar are like Cain and Abel. Right? They'll bend in curve. This is the key to shipbuilding, is not to have a solid, thick ship that's smooth all around, but to have boards that actually can move along with the, the extreme force of the currents and the waves, but specifically the undercurrents, to bend and, and mold and shape to what's going on around them. God, I love how they shoot this. This is one of the best pilots ever. I mean, look, all, you know, I mean, 33, I, I know there's a miniseries of Battlestar. 33 is amazing. Serenity, the Firefly pilot, is amazing. This is amazing. Homeland 1 is amazing. You could already sell the, I mean, Ragnar already is showing distrust for his own brother and Floki, even while claiming and acting to love them in this, in this. Right, so now he's sciencing the shit out of shipbuilding, which he's been thinking about. But no one's been wanting to talk to him because the places they go in the Baltic into Russia don't require this. They just sail on the coast. But to go across the western waters in the real ocean, you need real fucking boats that can take real fucking punishment. Right, can you handle long sea voyages? But now he's got a mission because Ragnar has got a plan. And that's the thing. You want Ragnar to be the leader and Floki to be the shipbuilder, prophet, 
sidekick friend. Uh, there's some money it's for the anchor. Right. All I've left from us. Oh, he's spending all his money. He believes in Floki. And, and look, Bjorn's right there to see how much he believes in Floki. Yeah. It's so sweet. You want Rollo to be the muscle. Lagertha to be the muscle. You think everything's going to be okay. I guess because of, of the the ultimate historical failure of Viking culture and Scandinavians would have become powerful until many, many, many hundreds of years later in sort of the colonial period and post-colonial period. You know, now they're very powerful economies. Um, but the Viking sort of experiment, well, they made it to the Mediterranean in North America, ultimately failed. And I guess it's that sort of failure that, you know, you... It makes it less depressing that for each step they they make, they seem to go back two steps. Oh, man. Here's the sweet stuff between these two. It's so sad because they're so sweet most of this whole season. He really loves her and she really loves him. I think he loves her more than she loves him, but she loves their family and the kids. Here comes the sex. I want to ride you like a bull. Oh, man. Oh, Catherine Winnick. Yeah, I said Elena Hoffman earlier. Look her up. She's in SGU and a bunch of stuff. She's gorgeous. They're really going at it. And they don't shy away from the fact that they all live in one-room huts, and so the kids just have to put up with parents having sex while they're there. Here's Rollo. Here's the big barbarian. You know, when his mind is straight and he's a fighter for righteousness, Bjorn is on board, but he gets manipulated by lots of people. Hello, Rollo. Where are your parents? They're having sex. (laughs) And, you know, here's the thing. They have Rollo specifically hit up on Lagertha and show jealousy of his brother about the wife. Um, I think they could have sold Rollo's betrayal strictly for him being a dumbass and for manipulation of smarter, more powerful people. Uh, but his specific creeping up on Lagertha, you immediately don't trust him. They're already selling it like he's kind of creepy. But, you know, it ultimately informs his attempt to numerous times after fucking up trying to uh you know save his soul so to speak yeah rollo is desirous rollo is desirous in a better society he could be put towards good he's looking at her checking out checking out the wife still looking at her He's a great actor. They tried to give him his own show as like a, uh, you know, special agent, you know, special ops guy on network television. Of course it didn't. Clive Snow didn't take, as always. Ragnar knows exactly what's going on in his brother's mind when they're battling and just murdering other dudes. You can trust him. But here, you and I will always be equal. The way he looks away and drinks his cup. I mean, the tension is just palpable between this two. But they... Look, I don't think they needed the him hitting up on Lagertha because the acting and actors are doing so much to sell that they both love and distrust each other. 
<laughs> looking right. I mean, Travis Fibble just has a crazy look in his eye. And he managed Lord Lothar, Sir Lothar, or whatever, in Warcraft. He managed to channel it. Oh, is this just so he. He goes to piss and immediately Rollo tries to hit up on Lagartha. I guess they had to do this. Now, it's possible in these societies, because we do see, you know, polyamorous stuff happen this season and other seasons. It's possible that Rollo thinks this isn't that big of a deal, but he also misjudges uh, Catherine Winnick, uh, Lagartha, uh, having any desire for him. She's getting ready to murder this guy like the other two. When she sounded out in pleasure. I didn't see her face. I saw yours. Oh, God. Yeah, they set him up as the portrayer right from the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. He's straight up telling her. That's too bad, and she means it. Oh, she can murder you. You're too great a warrior. I mean, she's a Canadian. Catherine Winnick really grows... Oh my god, look at that face. Yep, she just kicks him in the balls through words. Oh, here's the crow. Ragnar having visions. I mean, that's the thing. Is Loki you think is the crazy one, but Loki ultimately gets crowded and Ragnar just gets nuttier and crazier as the series goes on. Ooh, look at the the fisheye lens. Zoom in. Boom. There's the crow with the seer. Raven calls echo loudly. He smiles and they're gone. Yeah, he's having hallucinations. They all are. All the brilliant people are having hallucinations. I mean, this we know this is the case. Prophets and seers and messiahs tend to, in, in, in you know, pre-modern civilizations tend to be a little crazy or a lot of crazy. Mad, as we say, positively. Good night, brother. Uh, <laughs> that was stupid by Rollo. It's nice that he's... Oh, they do do the pre... They had to do some sailing in the first episode. This is the test. They end with the test. This is great. This is a perfect 43 minutes of television. He's crossing himself. Rollo and, and the Ragnar are rowing. I mean, this is definitely a green screen, I guess, but... it. Maybe not. I don't know. This looks super real. It's beyond my humble capabilities. Spoken like an arrogant prophet. (laughs) It was all a joke. Floki's already dissociating himself from this experiment, but Ragnar's not ready to give up. Here comes the red sail. Oh, yeah. I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You get a ship like this. Oh, man. It's, It's glorious. Glorious. There it is. That's it. That's it. The layers of wood that aren't all attached but can flex. Ha! Floki's feeling it. This is actually a moment of uh, of pure physicality and physical sensation and physical pleasure from Floki. It's usually spiritual. Why didn't you believe me? I told you I could do it. Right, exactly. It's never going to work. It's never going to work. I told you I could do it. It's all up to you, Ragnar Lothbrok. Oh, man. 
What a great fucking episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Season one, episode one, Rites of Passage. Starts and ends with that beautiful, crazy, mysterious Ragnar look. And look at that scenery. Oh, someone's on a horse. Oh, they had to show the spy. I don't think this is this is a TV thing. They did not need to show the spy. It would have been nicer if they sold it later. I guess they wanted to have the shot up, up, right up on in up on Gabriel Byrne here at the ends. But you know he, he he ends up being suspicious and turning down Ragnar's offers offer for all the wrong reasons. The problem is Ragnar is so intelligent um, and, and he's ambitious in sort of an intellectual way. And thank you for joining me. Um, he's ambitious in sort of an intellectual way, but he doesn't create physical power until he realizes he has to take down the Earl because the Earl thinks he wants physical power. And so the only way to get what he wants, which is this exploration, helping his people, you know, Ragnar is never power hungry, but he ends up getting power and doing stupid things. But not because of that. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, let's see. Next is Wrath of the North. Excuse me. Wrath of the Northmen. I, now I know by season three they land in England. Um, and, and Lagertha doesn't get to go, but she gets to go later. So, okay. I'll wait for that. There's only nine episodes this season. 43 minutes apiece. It's pretty amazing. Thank you for joining me. I'll definitely be getting through this season. And we'll see about season two. Because especially the first season, uh, first four or five, six episodes of season two are very, very uh, special. Um, and in a lot of ways, it's not just about bloodletting and swords and brutality. Uh, I guess that's involved. So, thank you for joining me. May the force be with you. I'll be coming back at you soon with some new stuff, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.